Hello, and welcome to Bridging the Gap, Education Through Stories of Adoption. My name is Ryan Anderson, and I have the honor of being the host of this podcast. Our mission is to educate people through stories of adoption. I often have conversations about adoption with people and hear them say something like, I just don't know enough about it. Through this avenue, we hope to educate each other with both stories of adoption and interviews with some educated friends on the matter. We love adoption, we love the orphan, and we hope to extend the same passion to you. A few quick announcements before we begin. First, we want to thank XN Radio for graciously allowing us to be a part of their team. Specifically, thank you to Solomon Tartaglia and his team for helping to dream up this podcast and work through each of the details. Second, if you have a story of adoption, have worked with any agencies regarding adoption, foster care, or the orphan crisis, or you know of someone with a story, we want to hear from you. Please email us at sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. That's sharemyadoptionstory at gmail.com. We hope to hear from you soon. And now, for the good stuff, to introduce our guest for today's podcast. Please join me in welcoming to the show a good friend of mine, Erica Thorson. Welcome to the show, Erica. Hi, all. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're glad to have you on the show. So let's let's just jump right into it. So tell us your story. Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm currently a 20-year-old student at Moody Bible Institute, um, and I've definitely been touched by adoption. Um, so when I was young, uh, like seven and a half months young, um, I was actually adopted from Nova Sibirsk, Russia. Um, that's like in the far east side in the middle of cold and (laughs) (laughs) dead of winter um so i was adopted when i was young my parents were um felt called to adoption um why russia i mean i've had a lot of conversations with them but again like it's just another country um that definitely had adoption open at the time and um then they brought me back to the states um and we lived in Wisconsin till I was around seven or eight years old. Um, and then a few years later, they actually adopted my brother as well. So Also from Russia or no? Yes, he's also from Russia, the same orphanage. We're okay. actually not biological at all. Um, we look really similar, so <laughs> no one would actually ever know. But um, yeah, he's also adopted. So just being like within a awesome, like obviously my brother's adopted, but I also have a ton of adopted friends. Um, from the organization that we were just able to like grow up together so that was super nice i guess that's like a short and sweet that's awesome so here's a, a an interesting question um just to start off with there's always this very um interesting paradigm when uh, kids are adopted whether or not their parents share with them and when they share with them uh, and how they find out, um, and whether or not their parents celebrate that with them or try and keep it quiet. Um, so talk me through about what that looked like with your parents. Yeah, definitely. So obviously I was adopted really young, and I've definitely heard stories of people not sharing um, with their children that they're adopted. I knew from the time I could understand um, that I was from Russia, I was from like this far off country I mean basically compared to the United States and um, just growing up within that was super nice actually till I was 18 years old um, my parents actually bought 18 different Russian little gifts so every single adoption day um, until I was 18 I got like a little Russian like 
thing, whether it was a small little like Russian mirror or like a Russian little like, I don't know. I just have like a ton of like mm-hmm. little small things because they wanted to make that a priority. And then every single Christmas, we also do a Russian meal. Um, really simple. Uh, so we just have like borscht, so like soup. Um, and then we have like a few other small things like desserts and stuff. Um, just trying to continue like where we grew up. Obviously, I didn't grow up in that culture at all. I grew up as an American, but um, just like celebrating that fact of oh, like, I'm from a different country, and, like, this isn't a bad thing. Like, there's so much good from it, and I'm able to obviously share my experience as well. Great. That's awesome. Um, so you were adopted. Let me read this so I don't mess it up. Uh, on October 27th, 1999. So what anniversary is coming up? That'd be my adoption day. Yeah. What's, what year is that? The be the 20th or yeah so i will have been with my parents for 20 years wow big celebration that's awesome oh yeah is a day kind of like a have an interesting feel to it like a nurse like a definitely as i've gotten older it's became more like oh like i'm so thankful to be here in the states obviously i would have like i have no clue what would have happened if i stayed in russia um honestly most of the time people who um who are in the orphanage in Russia, um, especially women, like, and they obviously, once you age out of the system, most of the girls sadly go into prostitution because they have no other way to, like, support themselves. So obviously I'm thankful that I'm here and I grew up in a Christian home. Um, so who knew if I would have known Christ or not either. Um, but yeah, uh, so adoption day, obviously just like being super thankful for that and just like how far, I've came even though I obviously grew up as an American, um, but also like where I could have been instead. Mm, certainly. Um, oh, I totally forgot the next question I was going to say. Oh, have you been back to Russia since? I actually can't. Oh. So uh, it's sort of interesting. So as some people might know or realize, um, adoption is closed to United States and Russia now, so it is impossible to adopt anyone from Russia from the United States, um, which is super sad. Um, but also, they have a really weird passport type um, thing. I would be able to get into the country with my United States passport, but I would not be able to get out. So I need to um, update my Russian passport and travel to Russia as a a Russian citizen because they still view me. I see. So you have dual citizenship. Sort of. It's very confusing. Um, So when I was 18, I had to, um, like, honestly, like, say, like, yeah, I'm going to be, like, United States citizen or I'm going to be a Russian citizen. Um, So it's very weird how they view, like, (laughs) citizenship. Um, But if I were want to go back it would take about a three-year process to get my passport renewed and then about three thousand to four thousand dollars honestly yeah well i was reading here uh, i was going to get into that um, the idea that adoption in russia is now closed um, and that came effect in effect on january 1st 2013 um, i would try to pronounce it all you know what i'll just go for it maybe you can correct me but it's the dima yakolev law 
put in place by um, President Putin uh, that bans every single adoption from Americans, um, uh, and maybe more than just Americans, but specifically I know for Americans in Russia. And what's really kind of disturbing uh, since what has happened since then is uh, every year the Russian orphanage system is growing by about 6,000 newborns. Yeah, that is definitely true. I know um, the group that I came home with, we had about 10 other families that traveled with my parents to get me. So I grew up with it, like with them mm -hmm. um, as people who were adopted from the same orphanage. Um, and obviously there's many people who like continued to go to Russia. Even obviously my brother was adopted from the same orphanage. Um, there are a few other countries that are closed adoption like you can't adopt um, from a few other countries but it's mainly the united states yeah certainly do you, uh did your parents meet your younger brother when they went to russia to, to pick you up so he wasn't actually born yet um he was born in 2000 and i was obviously adopted in 99 um there are like a few things that, like you obviously have to um well at least at the orphanage that i was at you have to meet the child like a certain number of times before you're allowed to take them home right. um and so it's actually a really funny story my brother the um the workers at the orphanage absolutely loved my brother and they knew that my parents were looking at adopting someone else uh, like another child and so they thought that my brother would be a perfect fit for our family. So whenever a like, Russian family would come and visit the orphanage, they would actually put my brother in quarantine for two or three hours, like as long as that they were there, because you're not allowed to visit the children in quarantine, because they knew that my parents would be coming in the next two to three weeks. Wow. So, yeah, that's sort of an interesting, like, little thing. So they just knew that uh, your parents would be a great fit. Your family would be a great fit. for. What's your younger brother's name? His name's Michael. Michael. They knew that um, Michael would be a great fit for your family. That's awesome. Wow. No, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, first off, thanks for sharing that. And so let me just ask you, maybe what, what are some of the challenges of your story, if you wouldn't mind sharing? Yeah, I think the biggest challenge that continually comes back to me especially now that I'm older is just if I like my parents actually knew Christ it was a closed adoption so I actually know nothing about my parents other than the fact that my mom was Russian uh, my dad was German and I could have potentially had other siblings um, because my mom was like a little bit older not too old to have children but she was sort of hesitant to sign my papers to put me in the orphanage so that's all I know about my parents um I'm not really like into looking for them at all but I'm really curious if they've actually know who Christ is um if my siblings know Christ and that sort of is like a really cliche answer but I'm really curious yeah certainly uh you know it's a question worth worth um mulling over and considering you know I was not adopted so you know I don't I don't wonder about that but I I venture to say that if I was in your position I think I would I would wonder you know this in the same way you know what about my family you know do they know Jesus and if so are they are they walking with him um, and and loving him that's awesome so what's it do you have do your parents have any biological kids 
No, so it's only my brother and I. Nice. So two adopted kiddos. What do your parents do? Um, my mom was stay at home when I was growing up. She currently works at a food bank back at home. It's called Midwest Food Bank. I'm from the Peoria, Illinois area. And my dad works at Caterpillar. Oh, I could have guessed. Like the only big place in Peoria. It's on, <laughs> honestly, yeah. though. Yeah. There's a good friend that uh, I know that works. I've been to Peoria quite a few times, but that's awesome. Um, what, um, I don't know if you know this, it might be a better question to ask your parents, but what did it look like? Um, in terms of like your parents feeling the call to adopt, what led them to that point? Maybe what led them to Russia? I don't know if you've had those conversations or not. Yeah, so I've talked to them a little bit about it. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, that's like their story as well. Um, but I know within conversations with them, um, they were just talking about adoption um, because they've heard of other people adopting through um other families adopting around uh, where we used to live up in Wisconsin, and they heard incredible things about that. And um, God definitely like put that on my parents' heart. Um, and honestly, my adoption um, became even more adoptions because people mm-hmm. like got to meet me and like understood how wonderful adoption was. Um, but yeah, uh, it, honestly, most of it was just putting a call, like a just like. God really like softened my mom's heart towards it. My dad was actually like pretty much against it, and then obviously mm-hmm. God's um, softened his heart as well. And um, I know my mom always tells me like she used to have dreams, and like before she even received my photo, there was like a really similar looking like little child that looked like me. So honestly, like God's hand was in all of it. Um, but yeah, it's been really interesting to just hear their story and like why they decided to go back to Russia, the same orphanage. Obviously, they're, like, incredible people over there and um, with the organization that we were with. But at the same time, like, there's also so many other places around the world. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's awesome that, you know, you're, I'm, I'm thankful. I haven't met your parents, uh, but maybe I will someday. I'm thankful that they, you know, like, answered that call. Um, you know, I talk about it a lot on the show that, you know, adoption is hard to be sure. The process is long to be sure, um, but the process is duly worth it uh, in all areas. You know, I'm sure if I were to ask your parents, is it worth it? Your mom would start crying and your dad would start clapping. That's true. That's yeah, true. <laughs> it's so worth it, you know, um, but that's awesome. So uh, what in what ways uh, maybe like in the future, you know, since you know of like the true rescue mission adoption is really both physically and spiritually. Um, what do you hope to like use that passion in you for right now or later? Honestly, um, like who knows if I'll ever marry someone in the future. But <laughs> no, I'm serious. But either way, like I really want to ad- adopt at least one child and be able to change their life. Like my parents changed mine, obviously. Um, and whether that's like with a husband or me and my singleness, like, you know, um, and just being able to like help someone else through that. Um, and then also just continuing to share my story because I obviously um, relate a lot to like the image of like, God's adopted us into like you know just that Mm -hmm. image and so I've really related to that since I was young because that like comes up a lot in like 
children's Bible stories and stuff like that. And so I really related to that when I was younger um, and just being connected to the body as that. Um, and then so like physically and spiritually, yeah. Yeah, there's something just really unique about this being proud of the story and then being willing to share the story. Um, you know, because in a room full of, you know, people who are maybe seeking adoption or wondering about adoption, you know, your word would carry a whole lot better than my word because I'm just speaking out of a passion that was instilled in me. Um, but you're speaking from a place of like, listen, I know, I know what my life could look like uh, apart from a family saying yes um, and God calling this family to, to adopt me. Uh, I know what it could look like apart from that. Um, you know, in a, an orphanage that certainly, if I had to guess, is um, not the most just place in the world and not the most fair place in the world. And the conditions, you know, probably are not, um, certainly not what you were raised in. Um, and so I if someone was thinking about adoption today, what would you tell them? I would say, um, obviously, if you feel called to adoption and that's been like a passion put on you by God, um, I definitely don't think everyone's called to it. Um, and I'm not going to like fake like, oh, yeah, you should adopt if you don't feel called to it. <laughs> um, so it's definitely something that you should be taking time with the Lord in. But um, if that's like a go, like I think you should go for it. Um, obviously, talk to your significant other if you're like like married <laughs> um but other than that like there's so many people that you can talk to that have adopted or have been adopted that you could sit down and talk with um but i'd say go for it it's been such a blessing in my life um definitely changed the outcome obviously i have no clue what it would have been if i would have stayed in russia um but i know from the facts i do know it probably wasn't going to be the best um, and it's the same in many other countries around the world, um, just orphanages and that life is not the best as well. And I'm not saying like adopt to get people out of mm -hmm. that like system, um, but it's also like changing their whole life. It's not just those first few years, obviously. Yeah, well, I just want to touch on that a minute. Um, just kind of what you said, like, yeah, don't adopt just to get them out of that system, but adopt them first because you're called to. And second, and specifically a Christian family context, because you know um, that you know someone who can change their life. Um, and we also know, uh, and some, we don't talk about this enough, but we also know that um, evangelism is not just, proper evangelism is not just a conversation where I am telling you that you, you know, are going to hell and you need a savior. Proper evangelism is meeting the holistic needs of people and filling the gap and meeting where they're at, you know, and whether that's socially, whether that's physically, whether that's, you know, um, spiritually. Like that's that that's what evangelism and discipleship really is. You know, you think about like a social, like if we if we're trying to look in scripture of a, like a, a social example of someone like standing in the gap for the sake of their soul, like let's let's look at the woman at the well. Right. Right. And, and all these people or, you know, all these religious leaders who think they got it all together, you know, meet this woman at the well and see Jesus talking to this, you know, sexually promiscuous woman who's got five wives, all this stuff. Um, and 
you know, they, they get ready to stone her, right? Right. And what does Jesus do? He's like, okay, this is, this is not how it works in the kingdom of God. Right, and yeah. Whatever he draws in the sand got people to shut their mouths. Yeah. Whatever, whatever he drew, it was like he was socially standing in the gap for someone. Okay, so we got that out of the way. We see that in the Gospels. Okay, how about physically? Well, certainly, you know, like, you just look at Jesus' words when it comes to the, you know, most marginalized among us. He's like, fill the gap, you know, like the story of the Good Samaritan, right? The, uh, you know, physically rescuing right, yeah. that story. So, like, we see that. And then spiritually, obviously. Well, if we miss that, we're just missing out on everything. Definitely. You know, because, like, we have this hope. And that, uh, you know, is uh, certainly a reason that a lot of Christians consider adoption for is because we have this hope, you know, in the depth of our souls that says, like, hey, we know there's something alternative there. But but really, um, I think the reason that we I'm kind of rambling here, but the reason that we we beg that we're begging people to adopt right now, partly the reason for that is because, like, we don't have a true proper definition of what uh real evangelism looks like yeah um at, at least in in this age we don't we don't we don't know fully what it looks like and whoever claims to know fully what it looks like really doesn't know what they're talking about <laughs> yeah that's true you know? and that's translated over like we don't have a proper idea of what the rescue mission of god looks like specifically in evangelism and honestly we don't do it even if we even if we had the proper methods you know, it's not like a widely practiced, you know, discipline in the faith. And what that happens is the other areas where evangelism should be a motive, idea, uh, uh, you know, obviously adoption is affected by that in discipleship, but also just hospitality and a lot of those other things. Yeah. It doesn't translate over, so we just totally forget about it. We just, like, forget about the more um, the social ramifications of the gospel. The kind mm -hmm. of evangelism that we practice now. Um, well, 20 years ago up to now yeah. of, you know, passing out literature, which let me, let me just preface this by saying, I don't disagree with this method, uh, but I, I do wrestle with its implications and the, oh, yeah. and the practical you know implications of it. But what we've done is we just kind of pass out literature or we stand on the street corner and say, you know, if you don't do this, then this, um, and really what happens is that neglects the wider social dimensions of the gospel. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Why don't we invite someone to our table and say, hey, let's have dinner tonight, you know, before I tell you that you're dying and you're going to hell. Like, let, let's, let's consider all the aspects, the physical, the spiritual, the social. And let's exactly. Really, let's really um, figure out what it looks like to rescue someone. Um, so, great. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that for sure. And so here's a, just a question. Uh, we'll, we'll end with this. Um, is adoption worth it? Adoption is 100% worth it. <laughs> Great. Let's jump into that. What do you want me to jump into? No, I just think like um, in terms of, you know, you have a really, you know, great story. Uh, and especially um, because Russia is close to adoption now. Um, and in terms of like there's a lot of people who might be listening that um, – you know, certainly there will be a lot of 18 to 25-year-olds who are listening to this on this campus, and hopefully, you know, a greater demographic outside of that. But specifically to those people who are in our age range, who don't know enough about the issue, or don't know a lot about the issue at least, and are wondering, 
you know, they hear rumblings of, oh, you know, you should become a safe family or, you know, you should uh, look into adoption, you know, right now um, or when you're married or, or whatever. Um, and they're wrestling with, like, the practical implications of it. What would you say to them? Yeah, so um, there are so many broken like children out there um and i'm not just saying that like oh again like i said sort of earlier like don't just go to adopt to like save them in a sense um obviously like we all all need Mm -hmm. saving obviously christ did that for us on the cross but at the same time like obviously our physical way to show that is through adoption um and yeah there's a lot of broken kids and um there are obviously some some people who are reaching out to those orphanages and sharing the gospel and stuff like that but at the same time like the only love especially for the older kids that are five six seven eight and still in those orphanages um they've never really experienced true love um they don't well a lot of them don't know who christ is so they don't know that love um but also orphanages aren't the best in the world there are some great ones out there i actually um, was in a great orphanage but um there are obviously a lot of broken ones um broken systems and um yeah just i would encourage you to look more into it obviously there's so many countries that need help um yeah great great no worries hey thanks so much for joining us on the show today erica really yeah thank you so it. much yeah, no worries so that's all we have time for today um so thanks to our guest erica today for joining us on bridging the gap and for sharing with us your insights and your story uh, as i mentioned at the beginning of our show we would love to hear from you so if you have a story that you would like to share please email us at share my adoption story at gmail.com And further, if you have any questions about adoption that you would like addressed on the show, we would love to answer those on the show. Thanks for listening.